This is The Uppercase Life, and I'm your host, Joseph Brewster. Before I get into this episode, I just want to say a quick thank you to everyone who has supported this show in some way. Whether you've downloaded episodes, whether you've given us a like or a rating, all of those things mean a lot, and thank you for your participation. And while I'm on personal notes, it's been a minute since the last episode. I did 50 episodes, and then I took a short hiatus to do some other things. And I'm really excited about the things that I've been doing. I plan to share them with you in the future, but just know I have not been bored in the interim. But back to the topic for today. We are surrounded by people that need our time or want our time, and maybe they don't actually need it. That's another topic. But the time that we give them, is it useful? Are we doing it in such a way that honors their time and ours? Here are a few things I think other people want you to know about their time that maybe you take for granted in your interactions. This is generalizations, but this is based on things I've had spoken to me over the years, both in workshops where we're talking about time management and productivity, and just in everyday life as I understand what it is that really makes time feel meaningful when you're sharing it with other people. So let's get going. What is something other people wish you knew about their time that maybe you're not considering? Here's the first one. And this one might be the absolute biggest one of all. People want your energy more than they want your time. Time can be quantified, right? People have minutes, seconds, hours that they might ask you to give them for a specific task or an event. But what people really want is your energy because you can be there for a certain amount of time and really not accomplish much, not have an emotional impact or even have a good connection with the people that you're spending time with. So the amount of time doesn't necessarily tell us how much that time was valued by you and the person you were interacting with. So when someone asks for you to spend time with them, it's not the quantity so much as it is the quality. And sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we think because we can't spend large blocks of time with someone that we can't give them quality time. But that's not true. You can actually have some great quality time in short increments if you're intentional about it and you're giving your energy to that person and to that experience. You know the difference. You've been with friends who were there in the moment with you, making eye contact, connecting with you, and then you've been with those friends who were distracted and had other things on their mind, and it just it was the same amount of time maybe, but it didn't feel like the same kind of time. So when someone asks for your time, Most of the time, they're actually asking for your energy. And sometimes when the quality of that energy is better, the quantity of the time required goes down. You can do more with less time. And people don't necessarily want you using up all their time. They just want the time that you do give them to be good quality energy. The second thing is they want your time with them to be a choice, not an obligation. Now, this often happens when you're dealing with coworkers or family, people where you feel like, I need to give them time. It wasn't what I was planning to do. I'd really kind of rather be doing something else, but I guess I'll go and do this. Sometimes your family asks you to be with them. And we have the holidays coming up right now. Sometimes you have family that expect you to be there on the holidays, and you don't really know why you're going. You just know that you're supposed to go because it's a family thing. Or maybe you come home at night and you're coming home to a spouse or to children and you think, I should spend time with them, 
I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to be doing, but I just know that it's right to give them time. And those people on the receiving end can sometimes feel like the only reason you're spending time with them is because it's an obligation. And that's hard. I don't want to feel like if you're spending time with me, you're doing it only because you have to. And I know that if you work a job, you might have to spend time with people. If you are a cashier at a fast food restaurant, you have to spend time with those people and get their order right. But can you make them feel like your time is a choice you're making and not an obligation you'd rather be doing something else with? In fact, I was in line the other day at a restaurant I won't mention. And they were short-staffed. They were having some problems. And as I was going through line, the guy who was making the food across the counter, I hear him say to another employee, God, I hate this job. And I thought to myself, I don't want to be here if that's the way this guy feels. Because I sort of feel like I'm putting him in a position to do something he hates. I don't want to do that to him. I'm I just here to get food. And I thought, you know, we do work jobs because we need to pay the bills. But if we go in with that attitude of I'm only here because I have no other choice, that sucks. That's really not a good day. And no one else is going to feel good about the time that you're giving them. So what if you can say, even if you're going into the office, what if you can say, I choose to be here. I chose this job. I choose to come back every day, and this is time that I am doing intentionally here. This is not just an obligation. I guarantee you the interactions that you have with people in that instance are going to be more meaningful, more connective, and overall probably less frustrating. And three, people want to be your focus. And this is all about the quality of time again. Sometimes your mind is elsewhere and you're at something you're supposed to be doing, but you're actually thinking of other things. And I'm the sort of person who's never bored. I have a little bit of attention disorder. I'm always looking for the next thing and I'm, I'm easily distracted, which is ironic, I know, since I talk about focus. But it's one of the reasons that I'm really passionate about these things is because it's hard for me to do and I've had to learn these techniques over the years. So when you're with someone, if you can just look them in the eye, if you could just be present with them and they see that, if you can reflect the words they're saying, what I mean by that is when they say something to you, instead of just jumping in with your own story, say that thing back to them again and really dig into the thing that they're conveying to you and listen. It shows that you are present and that the time you're spending with them is important to you. That focus, that's getting harder to find. Let's just be honest. If you're out in public and you're looking around, you can see people are not focused on what they're doing. They are constantly distracting themselves. And a lot of times it's their phone, but really we've just built it into our way of thinking that we always have to be doing something else. So if two seconds go by and nothing's happening here, I'm going to look over there or I'm going to start reading this thing. When you're with somebody, don't do that. Focus on them. They would rather have your focus. And if you're not going to pay attention to them, don't give them your time. Really, it's insulting. Go do something else. Do the thing you want to do. Say, excuse me, walk away, do that thing, and then come back when you intend to really invest your focus into the time you're spending with that person. All right, number four, keep it real, but keep it respectful. There's nothing I 
get more annoyed at than when I feel like I'm communicating with somebody who's only telling me what I want to hear, and they're really just trying to move me along. I'm thinking that in the back of their mind, their responses to me are not completely honest or genuine, but it's just a passing interaction, and they don't really want to have to tell me the truth, and they don't really want to hear my truth either. So when you're interacting with someone, it's respectful to show them what you really think and what you really believe about a thing and to be honest and transparent, but only if you're being respectful. So in other words, it's, I don't think, this is controversial, all right? I'm just giving you my hot take here on this. I don't think it's ever right to lie to someone's face about what you think about them just to make them happy. However, we're not in the business of trying to offend people with the truth. Then they're not going to want to hear it. So they do want it real. They want somebody who will speak truth to them, who will tell them, hey, you got something in your teeth, instead of just letting that go, but will do it politely, respectfully, and with tact. Because I know that person, even if I disagree with them, will be able to give me information I can do something with. If you're giving me information that's not accurate or that's not true about what you think or how you're feeling today, this is just a formality. This is just small talk. We're just moving from one thing to the next. I can't do anything with this information. A little bit of truth can go a long way. Just make sure that you're being respectful and that person will appreciate the fact that you are being real. Here's the last one. And this one I think is something we don't think about nearly as often as we should is that follow-through makes me feel important. And what do I mean by follow-through? I mean that in polite interactions with people, we often say things offhandedly. We just say a thing that is a good idea and is well-intentioned, and then we don't do it. Have you ever had this happen where someone said to you, hey, we should get lunch sometime? When do you ever get lunch with that person, right? If you say, we should get lunch sometime, that is a very non-committal way of making an overture of something else you're planning to do in the future. But are you? And I would say probably on average, the people who make a statement like that offhandedly to me, one in five of them actually follow through and set something up. Most of them never get back with me. So I've built a habit into my life that when someone says to me, hey, we should get lunch sometime. I pull out my calendar and I say, okay, great. I am free on and I look at a day that I could do that and I give them an option. Now, a lot of times the schedules don't line up right away, but I have taken a step to show that I expected that that comment was genuine. If I was the one that said it, I want to suggest a time and a date. And if we have to reschedule, that's fine. We can work on it. But at least I'm taking a step and I'm committing to the thing. I am following through on the thing. When you say a thing, only say it if you mean it. So just skip saying we should get lunch sometime if you don't want to get lunch with that person. All right? Don't say it. Be honest or maybe just don't say anything at all. But don't say it to be polite and then never follow through. Because, you know, sometimes a person won't think anything of that and they'll forget you said that. But there are other people who really need you. There are other people who might be going through hard times. And when you say, hey, man, it's good to catch up. We should get lunch sometime. That activates something in them and they would love that. They long for that time that they think you're offering them, but then you never follow through and nothing ever happens. 
So if you make a commitment, follow through on it. If you don't intend to, just don't say it. Your time is a valuable thing, and the time of the people around you is equally valuable. So make sure you're treating it with respect. Invest that time in places you care about and in people that you love and would like to connect with, and do it with intention. And I'll see you next time. Thank you.